What's up, man? Hi, Dave. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. You've been busy. Yeah, well, I got back on. I was like, okay, I need to at least like shower. And then uh, I forgot I have to upload a podcast. I just, I don't know if you saw like the teasers I had with um, Jeffrey Verdi Schofield and Alpha Destiny's channel. Um, so I'm trying to release that. And then have you put out YouTube videos yet? Or are you just starting? Uh, yeah, just starting. I have I have tried to put some before on my Lithuanian channel, but yeah, it, it takes yeah, a just... while to upload and all that stuff. <laughs> Yeah, there's just all these things that it asks for, and I'm just like, you know, trying to go through it. Um, I'd probably do a lot more <laughs> YouTube if it wasn't for it's all like the, you know, additional editing and things like that. So, yeah, is it how long? So, was this your first episode with the podcast, or how many have you done? Uh, this is the second. I actually had first one with Steve Hall. Uh, okay. Yeah, nice. I think I think Steve was the first one that you interviewed, or at least the first um, one that he... you released. He was uh, no side. So number one was um, Mind Pump Media, and then it was Eric Helms. Uh, but Steve Hall was probably one of the first five to ten. Yeah, so he was definitely early. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, so I mean, you know, I'm, I'm pretty open book. So uh, whatever you want to. I have at one thirty. I have a call, so I figured this would be a good time to like squeeze in an hour or so. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh... My general theme of the podcast is just you know, interviewing people like you or you know, from any kind of sport that is professional or just you know, advanced, I would say, you know, and just uh, uh, try to get them to share their stories, how they got into fitness in general and uh, maybe some bumps they had you know, on the way and yeah, how they got into coaching and things like that. So I guess, sure. uh, I guess just to start off, like, you know, Usually people know they shortcut everything. They just short description. Oh yeah, I did this, 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 and now I'm here. So mm -hmm. I want to hear, you know, a, a bit of a longer story, you know, how you got into sports in general, what sports did you do? Was there any sports that you thought you can succeed, but you had to quit right. for any of the reason? And yeah, and how you got to where you are now and uh, coaching, which is, I know, not your primarily source. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. So, and also, I've, uh, I'll apologize in advance if you see me muting and coughing. I had, I think I had COVID like three weeks ago, and I'm still getting over this cough, especially when I, if I work out and then like afterwards. So, uh, you'll probably see me muting it a couple times. So, yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah. So, I was, I mean, so people who don't know, I have Brains Engaged channel. I've been doing that for a couple of years now, and, but I've been into fitness since. I was really 10 was when I like first started. That was when I first started losing weight. So I was kind of a fat kid. Um, by 12, I was still overweight. And that's really when I got more into it. Um, but I mean, I was playing sports inside before I remember, you know, I mean, I was playing tennis when I was like five, uh, you know, and like the things that all little kids do around here, you know, like soccer, football, baseball, basketball, I uh, never took anything that seriously. Like in hindsight, I kind of wish I did, but at the time I didn't really care that much. And then I would say around high school, you know, by that age, you kind of have to start getting a little bit more serious about one thing or the other. And I, I swam for one year, I wrestled, um, and I played tennis. And I would say that I was a decent athlete as far as capability. So I never chose to take anything that seriously. I never felt like I really loved anything just from an athletic standpoint. Um, it wasn't until working out that I really kind of caught that bug. You know, again, in hindsight, I, I think I probably wish I would have focused on maybe like two sports and really gotten into those, but I, I didn't. And so I kind of just did a few things, but most things that I did, you know, I mean, I was always tall, reasonably athletic, so I could pick things up. 
um, but I just never took it to a high level. And lifting though, yeah, I mean, that, that really started when I was probably about 13, 14. Um, I started like generally with weights and like push-ups and everything when I was really young, but it wasn't like progressive overload knowing what I was doing until about 14. And then from there, I mean, it just became a really obsessive hobby of mine. Um, too obsessive, I would say, given that I was not competing. It was not something I was making a whole life out of. It gave me a lot of benefits in life for sure. Um, but I've said one, many times, that, like one of the things that I would do over would be how I went about it in high school. By the time I got to college, I had kind of learned that, all right, you, you can't have it be your entire life. You need to be social. But in high school, I mean, every time people would say, hey, you want to come play ultimate Frisbee after? And I'd say, no, I have to work out or I can't go out and have this pizza because it's not on my diet, which is just really, really ridiculous. And, and so if there are people in that age group listening, I would highly advise against ruining your social life for a little bit more gains. Yeah, because I guess, you know, in any ways, you know, what we know now, you still can let yourself, you know, go to these social you know, events and still have the progress that you want. Because it doesn't need to be as strict as probably right. many people think, you know, there is still bodybuilders who step on stage, but still have a few drinks here and there. You know, there's, yeah. there's things that you can still squeeze in, like I said. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, that was the um, disheartening thing, I would say, is that I was doing so much and it, it wasn't even mattering. And I, I thought maybe it would, or if I wasn't happy with my results, I thought I had to be even more strict. But the reality is, again, it's, it's kind of disheartening because you think that if you do those things, you're dedicated. And then you see people who will like, you know, go blow past you who aren't doing nearly what you're doing, you know, and, and it's not even, you know, you, you see this up until like the very high level. I, I mean, I know people who drink probably three, four days a week who look exceptional. I, I mean, for anybody who is not aware of this in the fitness industry, there's a lot of partying and I'm not saying it's everybody, but there are plenty of people at a high level who party a lot, who use recreational drugs, um, who drink a lot, who don't sleep that well, and they still get great gains. Now, I'm not saying that that's ideal when it's to that extreme. Yes, that will interfere with the gains. But other things like just socially drinking here and there, I don't think it's going to hurt you at all. Um, again, the occasional like cheat meal thing that's not perfectly on the diet. Again, it, there's just so many examples of people where that, that doesn't matter. And then personally, when I became a little bit looser with things, it also didn't matter. So that's one of the things it's it, like, it, it's just a false sense of being extremely dedicated when in reality, it's probably just a net negative for your life. Was there, was there anything that influenced you to be this way? Was there any like bodybuilders that you followed or anything like that? Um, to be honest, I, I think it was just starting low, you know, like when, like, if I, I always said, like, if I was like my brother, for instance, he grew up pretty lean. And if I was like that, I don't think I would have ever really gotten that into it because it was like, well, I'm already like, you know, here, then I'm just, this is fine. But I was like down here, you know, I was like this fat kid who wasn't really getting like, you know, female attention, early high school, stuff like that. And I was just like, well, that I, I just, I really wanted to be like top, top. And then you know, when you really want something and then it's not coming easily, you have to put yeah. more work into it and putting more work into it than by psychological investment into it. So eventually you end up caring more than you ever realized you would have because you've just put so much into it and it's become a part of your identity. So, it, I mean, it was almost immediately once I got into it about 14, once I got into it seriously, that like it just 
took off and I, I never skipped any days. I never skipped meals. It was just like pretty early on. Yeah, that, that's the thing. That's what I found about you really impressive because even from the really young age, you kept tracking of everything. You wasn't like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, any random person who goes into gym and does the workouts from their head and like, okay, Monday is chest, you know, Tuesday is back. And they, every time they come in, they use different exercises. They don't track, they don't have any logbook, but you was the one who like took measurements, you know, you, you tracked your waist, you tracked your sets and things like that, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. So that was actually a comment that was made by the gym owner. So I went to a fitness zone with my dad. And you know, I obviously didn't have a license at that age. And I carried around a logbook. And he was basically, he actually went up to my dad and was like, yeah, you know, he's doing the right thing here because, you know, not a lot of people do this, et cetera, et cetera. So even back then, people were commenting on the level of dedication. And, and that is one thing that I can at least, you know, say about myself is I never had the results that I wanted to have, right? I never progressed as quickly as I would have liked. But there's, there was never a doubt in my mind that I was doing everything I could. And I think that was why I was so obsessive and, and missed social opportunities because I was like, well, I just couldn't stand the idea that I wasn't doing, like, I really don't like to leave stones unturned. I just couldn't deal with the fact that if I wasn't getting progress that I wanted, it was because it was my fault. You know, like I, I had to check those boxes, even if it took it to the extreme level. Yeah, I guess in a way you also think like, if I'm so dedicated and I kind of still not getting where I am, so what if I have the cheat meal? What if I start going out? I'm going to lose everything or no. Right, right. Be- yes. Because you, because you worked so hard to be where you were at, at at that time. Yeah, I thought you were going in the direction of saying that if you're not getting the results, then you might like throw your hands up and be like, screw it. I'm just going to yeah. have a cheat meal or whatever, which is very common, right? A lot of people yeah. will yeah, get frustrated course. and they don't. But no, it was exactly what you said. It was like, I feel like I have to do this because like... I'm still not even happy with my progress this way. Imagine if I took it less seriously, right? I didn't be, you know, so that is that. And then it wasn't until I was, I'm just thinking 20 years old. So I was already six plus years into it that I said, all right, I'll try. That's when I tried intermittent fasting. And it was even that I was like so nervous to try it because I was like, what if I don't get the same results? What if it's not good? It ended up being completely fine. Uh, I, I really am a fan of it just for life convenience. Um, but I, at the time I was definitely worried about it. Yeah, so well, also was another question about uh, have you ever gotten into any fat diets or the training regimes that uh, now you would look back, you would look back and think like, why the hell I did that? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I start. I was one of the early people doing keto. Now, I mean, early, early people obviously is like way before my time, right? Like seventies and stuff. But for me, as far as like in the industry, I didn't know too many people doing it, and I actually tried a keto diet in high school. Um, and this was like, well, before it was kind of like popular on, on the fitness. It was actually through Lyle McDonald. Lyle McDonald wrote his book on keto. I read the whole thing uh, front to back. I actually wrote a paper on it. And then like in, in one of my bio classes, and then I was doing it for a while. So, but I don't consider a ketogenic diet a fat yeah. diet. I mean, yeah. there's, there's a lot of science behind it. I read about different fat diets. Like there was a, there was some, I think he's like Ornish dude. I don't know. There was somebody who wrote about like eating all, all your calories in like a four hour window or like one one uh one meal essentially i forget what that was called the snake um, diet <laughs> no no it was uh if i heard i probably would recognize it but you know i mean it was just another form of intermittent fasting he had a very foreign name i think it started with an o omar om, om something somebody might listen he might know it um but yeah i don't know if i really got it because i had good influences very early on 
you know, Body for Life for the time was actually a pretty good book. And then I got onto the forums. And so I learned early on, like, don't waste your money on a lot of supplements. You know, it's about progressive overload over time. I mean, almost from day one, I, I had these lessons. So I was fortunate that I never went down any, like, I mean, I, I tried a million routines, but they were sound routines, right? I mean, there was like Bill Star, Spill Stars 5x5. Five five. Um, there, there were like things on T Nation that were at least had the right principles, right? And then there was Max OT. Again, I mean, it's a good program. Um, German volume training it was okay. That was something that was talked about a lot, but yeah, I never did anything like too, too wild in that sense. Yeah. Never did squat every day. Bulgarian well, I, I did do, um, Bulgarians, <clears throat> like Bulgarian light, uh, Greg yeah. Knuckles and Omar Yusuf wrote about that back in like, I want to say like 2015. And I did do that. I was probably squatting and benching five days a week. And, you know, I mean, it went reasonably well, you're not going to failure pretty much ever. Um, so I, I've done frequencies from once a week to six times a week. I've done specialization routines. I've done pretty much everything you can think of at this point. Yeah. And uh, while we're on it, I know you did a lot of experiments on yourself. Like, mm -hmm. I, I know, I think how, how long you didn't train one of your calves. I'm still doing that. So yeah. it's like two years. Yeah. <laughs> two years. And yeah, it's still the same size. <laughs> same size. Yeah. So I, I didn't train them at all. So I trained them for like 15 years. And then I didn't train them for like three or six months. I had to go back and look just to see if anything would happen. Didn't change at all. Uh, so then I'm like, all right, well, now I'm, you know, resensitized and whatever. So let's try just right side. And the thing is, it's not any more work, right? I'm just not training the left side. So I'm just going to keep doing it. And like at this point, two years, like I've proven the point, right? But it's like yeah. kind of like, why not? Um, interesting, like if anything, my ankle is just hurting more now on the right side that I'm that I'm training. Um, but yeah, yeah, no difference. And uh, I've done some other unilateral experiments too with my thighs and um, with like pull-ups and stuff like that. And, you know, my right arm has always been a little bigger than my left. And if I've done a specialization routine just for my left, I'll temporarily get that gap to narrow, you know, maybe from a half to three quarters of an inch difference, it becomes like a quarter inch difference. But once I go back to like evenly training them, it, it goes back to the half inch difference that it pretty much always is. Yeah, that's cool. Like not, not many people, you know, commits to it. But then again, I guess people, usually people with your experience, with your dedication, they're the ones who are stepping on a stage. Right. Have, you, right. have you ever thought about it? Have you ever thought about competing or... Yeah, I've, I've considered competing in powerlifting. Um, when I was in Maryland, I actually could have had a record there when, when I was like really focusing on one rep max. And not that I like, again, like the standards have improved so much over the years um, to where now, I mean, if you're benching like over 300 pounds, that used to be like pretty significant. And now, I mean, that's almost like a warm up for a lot of YouTubers, right? I mean, it's really just not that impressive. So um, but powerlifting, I think it's great because it gets you focused on something outside of just your physique, which is changing constantly. It allows you to focus on progression. I think the community is usually pretty good and supportive from what I've seen. And you're just kind of like against yourself there. I mean, obviously you are competing against others, but I like how objective it is. You don't have to get crazy lean. You don't really, I mean, you have to focus on diet if you want to be really good, but for the most part, eat sufficient protein, make sure your calories are reasonable and, and you can progress pretty far with powerlifting. With bodybuilding, I think it, some people really think it's just something that they should do. They want to show themselves, which is kind of crazy if you want to do well, because you have to get so incredibly lean for bodybuilding. And I'm just not the type of person to just do something just to do it. I want to have a clear goal. 
and I want to do well at something, right? If I'm going to like just become like do something and, and become dead last, it's just not fun, in my opinion. For other people, they might have a, a different opinion. Um, and for me, I have, I would say, a a decent amount of muscle mass, especially, you know, for how long I've been lifting, uh, like I'm fine. Um, but I'm also quite tall with very long limbs and, and not great insertions. And so I, I've talked to my podcast quite a bit about how, you know, like I've had 27 inch thighs and 17 inch arms, and I looked like a big guy, you know, I was maybe like 215 pounds, but I didn't like, if you were seeing me, like just a picture of me flexing, you would just not see like, this is like a bodybuilder because the shape isn't there. Whereas I've had seen people with arms and like significantly smaller than that, but great taper into a tiny waist, full muscle bellies. And, you know, at the end of the day, that's, what's going to win a bodybuilding show. And I really just don't have the structure for it. So to me, it's just, it's not a fun endeavor and you know, it better be something that you enjoy if you're going to take it to that extreme, you know, this is not like, Hey, I'm going to do a golf tournament this weekend and see how I do. Right. I mean, it is a huge, huge, huge part of your life that you're affected metabolically and psychologically. I mean, there's a lot of factors for it. Yeah. I guess also with bodybuilding, you know, there's health, health decrements as well. You know, when you go so lean and yeah, things like that. Yeah. And powerlifting, I guess it is better for your health. You know, you're kind of competing against yourself more than, uh, you know, against others. Cause I only did one powerlifting competition as well, mm. fairly recently and only, only entered it four weeks before and I didn't train for power yeah. for about a year, but I keep hearing people saying, you know, that you just need to get in there, you know, see how it feels. And I went there and it actually got me hooked, you know, because mm. everyone is so friendly. Anyone is supporting, you know, anyone, no matter what weights you're lifting, everyone is encouraging you and, you know, supporting, which I don't think you can see in bodybuilding competitions like that. Right. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I, I, guess, I guess there is, I guess there is a support there, you know, but it's much smaller. Nobody's, you know, cheering like the whole crowd. They came came to support maybe their friends, but they're still cheering for you. Right. And that's that's what that's what kind of motivates me more than, uh, mm-hmm. you know, getting extremely lean and unhealthy. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it's cool for pictures, but I just yeah. I really don't think the average person even looks better that lean. It's like a very specific thing. You're getting that lean because when you're on stage, it's going to look the best compared to other people. And I think if it's part of your life and you want to do it to, you know, see your progress, that's fine. But the reality is we, we see those outliers on YouTube fitness and Instagram fitness, but that is such a small portion of the population. You know, I mean, it's, it's by far less than 1% of people who actually lift weights and go to the gym. I think the average person should at times get lean and maybe even try to stay relatively lean. Um, but if, if you want to use it for gauging progress from one year to the next, there's no reason you have to get leaner than what I call beach lean, which would be maybe like 10% body fat. Yeah. Yeah. And again, you know, many people that I work, I just teach you know, them to fall in love with the process rather than, you know, the body fat goal or whatever they want to achieve. Cause you know, it's going to take a long time to achieve certain percentage of body fat. But yeah. it's going to be you no know, there short. Maybe you for a week or two you'll be happy. But then you know what to do next. You know if you didn't like the the way you trained, the way you, the progress was achieved. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, have you? What was the heaviest you've been? I've been up to about two twenty. Two twenty. Is that something that you really had to push to get up to there, or the body weight goes up quite well for you? Well, I can eat a lot, <laughs> um, but I was trying to do it with like pretty quality food. 
So sticking with like purely, you know, quote unquote, clean foods, um, I was, you know, about 207 was where I started to feel like, okay, like I'm eating a lot. And at this point, I wasn't tracking everything. Um, I kind of gotten away from tracking while gaining just to kind of experiment with that. But when I would occasionally track just to see where I was at, most days were like 3,600 to 3,800 calories. Um, and then to get it up to 220, it's kind of amazing how much easier it is to incorporate like some junk here and there and not even junk like I'm eating like deep fried Oreos every day or anything like that. But just like occasionally I'd have some pizza, occasionally I'd have just like more like, like pasta or rice and things like that. Like just a little bit more of those types of things, olive oil added and, and cheeses. And yeah, I was up to 220 within like a few months after that. And it was, I mean, it was a fun experience to be that big, which again, I, I realized for some like serious people who like serious bodybuilders, like that's not that big, but it was the biggest I'd ever been. Uh, but it definitely was not the healthiest. Yeah. Uh, have you, <clears throat> have you worked with someone with a low appetite and, uh, people who have, a it's quite a high metabolic adaptation you know someone who yeah eat, who as soon as they start eating as soon as they try bulking they adapt and then you need to increase it again yeah i do think though that that's often exaggerated a lot of the times what people think is that they you know they think they have such a fast metabolism is as you alluded to a combination of low hunger And I mean, sometimes a fast metabolism, but mostly low hunger and thinking that they're eating so much all the time, when in reality, they will eat a lot, and then they go a long period of time without eating. So they think every time they eat, they're eating so much food. And that's true, but they're not kind of thinking about how most of the time they're actually not eating that much. I mean, the average person, like, let's just say somebody was trying to get up to 200 pounds. It's a rare individual that's going to have to consistently eat more than, let's say, 4,000 calories a day to get up there. They exist. If you're like a super athlete, you're doing tons of activity. But I mean, I think even somebody like Steve Hall, who has a really fast metabolism and is doing like 15,000 steps a day, I don't think he had to get much over 4,000 to get to his recent highs, which was like around 200 pounds or so. Um, and and he's a pretty extreme example as is. Yeah, because uh, when I tracked, I my pro I adapt about three to 400 calories let's say if i my maintenance would be about my maintenance is fairly low about 2300 there mm-hmm. and there if i bump probably up to 400 or even some 500 i still don't don't start gaining for quite a few weeks mm-hmm. until i increase it even more right but the thing what, is so like only up to like what 2800 or so you're saying uh yeah somewhere about that 2800 i will start maybe it would be very slow gain i would say mm, yeah and then and then but then once it gets up to 3000 mark i'm i'm like like you said someone who just have a low appetite and the thing is with me let's say if i eat i have or let's say i have a shake i drink half of the shake i turn away and I want to drink it again. I was like, fuck, I don't want it anymore. Like, I'm mm. not hungry. Even, even when I'm starving, you know, you can get me a, the tastiest pizza in front of me. I'll eat a few pieces, but I just can't. I just can't stuff it in me. Like, mm. you know, and I, I can go for days, you know. I, I, need, I need an alarm for me to tell when I need to eat. And, like, if I, if I try to bulk, 
with healthy foods is pretty much there is no way I can yeah. like, stuff stuff myself with that food. Yeah, hunger is super variable. It's, it's really interesting. I mean, that that's why some of these new uh, pharmaceuticals that help people reduce hunger is going to have a huge impact because the reality is most people they they go. You can try to fight your hunger, but it's very hard to do that. It's very hard to do it long term. And so a lot of these people who diet, they, again, they think, oh, my metabolism is so slow and it might be slower than it was. Um, but a lot of that is just that your hunger ramps up, that you're thinking about it so much more and you're so aware of the fact that you're hungry, it causes problems. But yeah, you have people like you too, where it's like, you know, you get to a point where it's like, this is not even appetizing, even if it's like objectively for you, like good food, it's just not something that you want to eat anymore, right? After a certain point. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think... I think I might have heard somewhere, somewhere, I might be wrong, but that, you know, there were studies that looked at the lowest metabolism and the highest metabolism. And there's been like maybe 10% difference between them two. Yeah. So mm -hmm. yeah, like I, I always used to think that I have fast metabolism. That's why I can't gain. But the thing is, mm -hmm. I just couldn't stuff myself enough with enough food. Right. <laughs> or like, right, let's yeah. say I was, I was eating often, but you know, get in have a few bites and I'm out and that's it, you know, cause I'm not hungry anymore. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah, what I know. That, very common. Yeah. Yeah. How is, uh, how is working with Steve? How is, how is that going? So we are just starting our third mesocycle. Um, so we started at about 181. I'm up to 187 right now. So we're just slowly going up, you know, we're trying to gain maybe half a pound a week. And it's a lot of people have asked me that. And it's, it's hard to know because we're doing things so differently than what I was doing before, right? So all these new exercises are increasing, but it's kind of like, well, of course they're going to increase because I'm Same getting you. used to the exercise, yeah. right? So, and I'm glad that that's a concept people understand now, because at least like when I was getting into this, it was just such a common thing. People told me, oh, I set PRs every workout. And it's like, you're constantly doing new things. That doesn't really count. Um, so there's really only... Well, I was going to say there were two exercises that were exercises that I had done a lot previously, um, which was an incline dumbbell bench and a line leg curl. Almost everything else in some way was different. Like I'm doing leg extensions, but I've added a pad for more range of motion. Um, I was doing Smith squats, which I haven't done like forever. I mean, it just things were very different. So, and then this week he actually just took out the, uh, the incline dumbbell bench for something else. So really, I mean, it's like the line leg curls are the only thing where I can look at it and say, I've done this for years and I have a comparison. Almost everything else is new. Um, measurements and everything are fine. I, most of what I've seen, the changes are, are in legs, which I've said before, like I was kind of probably under training my thighs before. So calves, not really, but again, you know, that's not going to change much anyway, but, uh, thighs were probably underworked before. So I think I experienced some like catch up growth from where I was previously. Cause my thighs have still been bigger than they were now. I mean, back when I was two, 15 to 20, I mean, I, I was squatting, like I said, I did the daily program with the Bulgarian program, but that's more of a like powerlifting type thing, but I've done like high volume, like workouts two, three times a week for a long time. So I think part of that was just, I had a period of undertraining them and now we're training them at a more normal amount. So they've gotten that growth back. Um, and it'll be interesting to see. I think once we get to six months, I'll probably do a video and do like a full evaluation of what I, you know, did like, didn't like, agreed with, didn't agree with whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, working with Steve has been overall really good. Yeah. Cause it is quite a different approach than you used to, especially when it comes to, to failure. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, like today was the first uh, workout or first week of this meso. So everything's like free RAR. And it's just like, it's just kind of a weird thing to try to gauge, right? Because before it's like, okay, you go until you can't go anymore. So you know what that is, right? And I know that I couldn't do any more last time. And I can't do any more this time. So if I got another rep, then I actually made progress. Whereas like here, it's like, well, I don't really remember exactly what it felt like five, six weeks ago, the last meso. It's about three RAR, but the reality is like, if I had just changed my form just slightly, I probably could have eked out another few reps. Like today I'm doing like, uh, machine reverse flies, like for like rear delts. And I really like the movement, but you know, if I were to just give a little bit more oomph, like I could get more reps. So I try to keep it as constant as possible, but yeah, it's a little bit of a weird feeling for me. Like when you're done and you're kind of just like, yeah, I mean, I guess I'll just stop here, you know? And, and but also to be clear, like if, if you're doing, let's say a, a set of 15, right. And so you stop at three RAR. So you could have gotten 18. I mean, that's still a hard set right? It's not like reps 16, 17, 18 are all that's hard. Those are even harder, but it's still hard. So the workouts are, I'd say easier than what I'm used to, but it's not like I'm just, you know, going through the motions either. Yeah. Um, uh, but what would be your considerations between, uh, let's say beginner versus intermediate workouts? In terms of like how I would progress them or just how uh, I would program in general? Yeah. Yeah, what would be the main differences between someone who's beginner and someone's intermediate? I mean, if somebody's like legitimately a like complete beginner, then you know I would have probably a good month where I'm walking them just through the basic workouts. I mean, that that's a whole different level. If somebody has like no experience, right? I mean, they have, you have to make sure that they're doing the exercises correctly. I would have them send me form videos. Um, I would start them very low in volume and, and then like, you know, just make sure they're used to it, not overly sore, not going to failure, just getting good form, focus on it. So if, we, if that would be if it was like really, truly, truly beginner, if we're talking beginner, like six months where they've actually had, you know, some progress, they understand how to work out compared to an intermediate at like, let's say five years in, I'd say there aren't huge differences. I mean, I'm still going to focus on, you know, let's say we're gaining, still going to focus on a similar amount of for each of the macros really you know as long as like making sure you're in like a moderate surplus uh, i'm still going to incorporate obviously all of the, the major exercises progressive overload i would just say with an intermediate i'd be more open to a little bit more volume trying out a little bit more frequency um and, and maybe pushing some more intensity techniques like if you wanted to try a drop set if you wanted to try you know intense stretches um they're not things that i would in any way say are necessary but i would be more open to trying that whereas if a beginner if they were super gung ho about, Hey, I want to, I saw this in a magazine. I want to try this. I would really temper them and say like, just get used to the basics first. And, and, and I would also really try to get them because this is very common. I noticed this, especially in female clients that they want like a good workout to write in quotes. So like, they're like, Oh, I, you know, I, I want to just like, I feel like I got such a good workout today. And it's kind of amazing how like that is really the standard in general population, right? General population does not look at well, I did this this time and last time I did this and then the time before that I progressed from there. It's like, no, like, oh, today, oh man, my, my trainer had me do these like glute bridges and I just really felt it in my thighs and my glutes. Like they just feel a good workout, which is really not indicative of any progress at all. So I would say for a lot of beginners, that's like a big thing that I, I have to kind of get into their head. Yeah, and that's it. That, that's, I guess, the biggest mistake when they come in, they, let's say, sometimes get, you know, a training plan from, bodybuilding.com or whatever mm. 
and yeah. they get in and they think they have to follow it to the T. I guess no, if you it like it's a good idea to get some plan, but if it says you no know, four sets to failure on squad, so maybe you do just one set. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and don't, yeah, right. Don't take it all the way down. Yeah, I mean, and then, and then there you have to kind of gauge it depending on the person. Like some people, it's like they will take the liberty then and say, oh, so I can just change whatever my coach says. It's like, well, no, if you're paying somebody, you should probably do what they say. I mean, obviously, if they have you doing something ridiculous, you, you should be able to question them and they should give you a good answer. Um, but if you see like a routine online, you know, almost certainly that's not going to be tailored to you. So, you you know, it's reasonable to modify it. Yeah, because probably because most of my clients now are com- well, complete beginners who work in offices and know they come mm-hmm. in, they want to know just to get their workouts done. And uh, most of my programs, probably first days, like literally one hard set of <laughs> each mm-hmm. exercise. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. No, because if you give, if you give any more than one hard set, they're going to be so sore next day, they might not even want to, to come back anymore. Right. Right. That's- yes. I had a friend who was talking about that. And he basically was like, Oh, like, you know, I, I took this girl to the gym and I just want to make sure she's really sore. So she feels like she got a good workout. And I'm like, well, there's one argument to be made for like, okay, making sure they, they felt like, even if it was kind of bullshit, if they feel like it was a good workout, but if you just crush them and they're super sore, they might be demotivated and not want to go back. You know I mean? If you ever think like the first time you ever squatted, I, I don't know if you remember it, but like, I know for me, I remember I couldn't walk down the stairs for like five days, like at a normal rate, you know, I was just like taking my time. The eccentrics are horrible. And then it was time to squat again, you know, and that, that didn't dissuade me, but if you were completely new to lifting, I could easily see that happening. Yeah. Well, my first ever uh, day in the gym, I was doing legs. So I came in mm-hmm. there with my mate and I was like, always was skinny. and always was uh, afraid of having chicken legs. And he's like, uh, oh, what do you want to train? I said, oh, I want to train legs. And he's like, oh, I'm training back. And then you see his mate, some Russian dude. He's like 17 years old. If I think now, his probe was juiced up already because <laughs> right. he was massive. And he's like, oh, he's just 17. I'm like, what? He looks like 30. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. it's like, he's training legs. He's going to get you through the workout. I'm like, sound, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and he obviously, you know, whatever he told me to do, I was taking it all the way to fail. Like, I don't oh know how gosh. many exercises we did. But I genuinely was so for more than a week and of course more than a week i didn't go to the gym (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) because i could i could barely walk i like you know once you stand you know in one place and then you need to move i'm like oh shit no (laughs) i can't walk where are you based uh well now i'm i live in the uk okay for the last eight nine years okay yeah where are you from originally uh lithuania Oh yeah, you just say Lithuanian channel, right? right, right. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. yeah. It's a tiny yeah. country. Yeah, some of those Russian guys, man. Though I don't know, even like the naturals, like you get some crazy yeah. genetics, and it's just like, geez, man. Yeah, one of this one is... of one of my mates, he's he needs to go to gym for a month every year, and he's gonna be in amazing shape. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You got those people. You just hate them. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, he was, because uh, even when we were small, we used to play card games, and if you lose. You go do push-ups. If you lose, you go do pull-ups and things like that. Mm-hmm. And that guy, he was 15. He went to gym for maybe a month. At 15 years old, he was benching 100 kilos like it's nothing. Wow. I said, that. I, I, we always used to say that's a Russian power. Yeah, really? No, that, uh, that's pretty wild, man. Yeah. So uh, what's next for you? Do you have any plans for your channel or 
any specific training or anything like yeah. that? Yeah, training wise, like I said, I'll, I'll keep going with Steve. I think at least six months, and then we'll kind of do a overall weigh in and new pictures and whatever, and kind of just see what's happened and you know, kind of assess it compared to the last time I was at that weight. Um, and then for the channel, really, like the channel has been very consistent for a while now in that, like, you know, I sign in, I get, you know, a certain number of subscribers every day, but it's not much. And it's just like slowly going up. It's not like, basically, if I continue with doing what I'm doing, I would just kind of reconcile that it's never going to be this huge channel, but I don't really care for it to be like, I really like the community that I talk to my average podcast gets one to 2000 views. And to me, that's like, a, you know, a decent outreach. Now, if it were to somehow blow up, it's not like I would not want that. But I'm very busy with like things in my personal life and business and things that it's, I would, even if that happened, I would have to probably hire people to help out because I just wouldn't have the time to dedicate that much more to the channel. So um, growth is always cool. And it's good to see. But I kind of like that my life is not all fitness. I, I think that would honestly be not the best thing. Like financially, it just would never replicate, you know, having the career I have. But then also just from like a, I don't know, like I've never really had like mental health issues, but I could see if I was like all fitness all the time, how that would be problematic. I mean, I can definitely see why you see a lot of these people who do have those issues because it's, there's just like, it's very, very superficial, right? And it's very hard to be like at the top um, both in the fitness scene, like physically, but also, um, in, in terms of like your social media and everything like that, you know, to me, it's, it's nice to kind of keep it as like a, a very passionate hobby, I would say. Yeah. Cause I think you, you're not that type of person who posts everything, every single, you know, minute of your life and no, yeah. Yeah. Cause like in a way it's same, same with me. Like I can't dedicate time, you know, to take picture to create a post and, you know, to double check what I'm saying, you know, if that's mm. is right, if that's wrong. I think it's just too, too much of time consuming because, again, this is also one of my, like, hobbies that I like, hobbies yeah. that I invest my time. And then, you know, I thought, why, why not share it and then maybe get something out of it, you know, get, like, because right. for me, I do like to see my clients, you know, when they progress, when they say, oh, I could not believe, you know, I could do this, you know, a few months back. And you know, for me, it just kind of uh, gives back to me something like feel, yeah, for makes sure. me feel much better, you know, when, when I yeah, get this well, that's, that's exactly it, right? I mean, you, you help out people in different ways. So like in my real life, like I help my patients and, you know, I, maybe I have, let's say, 1,000, 2,000 patients, right? And, and so those are people I can help physically in person. And then, like I said, each podcast, I get 1,000, 2,000 views. And those are people who are getting either entertainment out of it, information out of it, helping with their goals. And then, you know, I have my clients who I train and that's also helping, but in a different way, right? And, and so um, I think ultimately it's got to give back somehow, even if it's like for selfish reasons, like I mean, at the end of the day, even if you're giving back, like you're getting a positive emotion out of that, right? And, and so you're getting something out of it. Um, but yeah, I, I never related to people who just post all the time. Like I, I just, I just, like I said, I don't relate to it. I just find it odd. Um, you know, I don't really consume much social media. Like I don't, I had a personal Instagram. I never use it. Um, I will, and don't get me wrong. Like some things I do like to follow and see, 
but I could never be that person who's got like 20 stories going on at all times. It's just like their whole life. And I think if you're doing that from a business standpoint, like that makes sense. You're getting engagement. So I'm not trying to like crap all over it. I'm just saying, it's just not me, you know? Yeah. 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 Okay. I think, uh, that's gonna it. I think I got everything I wanted. Uh, awesome. Uh, really thankful for your time. And where could people find you? Yeah, so I have brainsandgamespodcast.com. If you want to reach out there, usually people reach out there for coaching. Although usually I look at most of my DMs as well. So if you want to DM me, it's Dave underscore McConey on Instagram. Uh, and then the YouTube channel is Brains and Games Podcast. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you.